I was asking the pastor if I could just come up here and read Isaiah 6. But I don't think I'm going to get through Isaiah 6. So maybe I just present my martyr and we trust the Lord. Matthew 10.37 He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Those are the Lord's words in Matthew. So I want to ask you a couple of questions as I present this martyr to you. And the first one is, was the Colosseum real? We hear about the Colosseum. We see pictures of a Colosseum, but was the Colosseum actually real or was it a figment of someone's imagination? Was there really a place where crowds would gather to watch men, women, and children be murdered in vicious fashion? Surely this place is not real. It was real. And in some cases is real right now. So I'll ask you another question. Is your religion yours or are you a Christian because your family or friends are? Because when you walk by a Colosseum every week or so and you hear the screams and cries of those being torn apart, your religion becomes very real right then. After the crucifixion of Jesus, the apostles were sent forth, as we read in Mark 16, and it says they were to go and preach everywhere, including North Africa. Fox's Book of Martyrs says that Simon Zelotes preached in Africa around 75 AD as part of that gospel going everywhere. Vibia Perpetua was a 22-year-old married woman in 203 A.D. and was arrested and imprisoned for her faith. She was with a group of believers preparing for baptism at the time of her capture, which was in direct violation of the current law from the governor of Carthage. They had classes that they would conduct to help those that were wanting to be baptized per the direction that was given to them from the apostles that went and preached. Perpetua and her five fellow believers that were sentenced with her to death in Carthage have stuck out to me over the last few weeks as I've prepared to present to you. It stuck out to me because of the extreme nature that her father went to to try to convince her to recant of her religion. He attempted to persuade her using everything he could possibly imagine, hoping that she would come to her senses per what he was hoping for. Today there is little pressure from anybody to recant anything because nobody believes anything. Even in churches, there is a level of tolerance for just about anything. But if you had to walk by that arena and hear those cries, you would become committed to something. Either the belief of the, the, the town, of the, of the area, or you would be a Christian. And there was no gray areas. To know your friends, your family, or yourself could be picked up at any moment and taken to one of these arenas as judgment was cast on you and be torn by beasts would make your religion real. Yes. Once Perpetua was in prison with her and her friends, they, they only had to recant and offer a sacrifice to the emperor to be released. Each declined and admitted they were Christians, and as such, they could not sacrifice to anyone but God. Amen. Day after day, they were examined and given the opportunity to free themselves, and day after day, they refused and accepted their fate. 
Perpetua's father visited her in prison many times and attempted to convince her to renounce her faith and save herself. Perpetua's answer to him was, and I quote, having a, a vase close by, she said, Father, do you see this vase here? And can it be called by any other name? He answered, no. She responded by saying, neither can I be called by any other name than what I am, a Christian. With this, he left dejected, realizing he was not going to convince her. Amen. So I read again, Matthew 10, 37, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. This religion was hers. Right. It was not her father's. That's right. And it didn't matter that it was blood. It didn't matter that he harassed her continually to recant. So as the trial grew closer and her father attempted yet again, this time telling her that she would never be around to see her infant son. She would never be around to be with her mother and her brothers and even her aunt. And her own self would be sacrificed. The governor, hearing these things, then petitioned her to offer the sacrifice and not bring her father's gray head to the grave with such sorrow. She simply answered, I will not. And with a final question of, are you a Christian? And another simple answer of, yes, I am. Amen. Her execution was set. The day had come for her to be sent into the arena to the cries of a savage people who yearned for blood and death. A wild bull was released into the arena. It went straight after her, goring her and flinging her body into the air. As she landed, although thinking she may have died, stood up. Thinking that she could save one of the other Christians, she ran to her side, only to have the bull come at them again. As she and this other Christian ran in the, from the arena, a leopard was let loose. And the leopard went straight after them, tearing their body in pieces. But taking too long to dispose of them completely, and the crowd growing impatient, soldiers were sent in to line them up and use their swords to end their lives. So Perpetua went to meet her Lord through the faith that she had in him. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Perpetua loved the Lord more than anything and gave her life for it. I wonder what we will do as we have those opportunities. Yes. Amen. Amen.